Welcome back to the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean, and my guest this morning here is Justin Groth. Justin is a natural bodybuilder, a master trainer, a fitness and mindset coach, and he's a podcast host himself, host of the Straight from the Chest podcast. Justin, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, but I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate you being on here. So, um, I mean, your uh, your biography on your on your uh, site there um, was very very to the point. I like that. Um, so I got kind of like a feel for things without having to be completely bombarded with too much information all at once. So that leaves it open for a whole lot of questions I have to ask that I want to get into more. So let's start with something that you're doing presently. Let's start with the podcast itself. So straight from the chest podcast, I read the little bio in that, um, again, uh, very sort of terse, right to the point. Um, you know, a lot of things that you talk about that you don't, people may not want to hear, don't really want to deep dive into, but maybe they do need to hear it. So let's start with the podcast. Uh, what, when, what inspired the podcast? So that's kind of a loaded question, but let me just, let me sum it up by saying throughout my fitness journey, whatever you want to call that, that's, that's been the impetus behind doing the podcast, really, you know, finding out that I had more in me, finding out that I had certain components that were attached to me that I didn't know existed. I found through fitness. So things like work ethic, discipline, consistency being able to attach myself to something for the long term. I never knew I had that in me. And that's something that showed me that I had that. So one of the things that's very, that runs parallel with fitness is having a, a, a fairly bulletproof mindset. I mean, you can do fitness and not have a bulletproof mindset and still be very, uh, you know, effective fitness. But to those that take it to the competitive level, you have to have a, you have to, you have to become someone different because there's a lot of preparation involved with getting super, super lean and being on stage in front of lots of people and judging your and critiquing your body. And that to get to that point, there's a lot involved. There's a lot involved diet and nutrition, obviously the training side of the thing of, of the ask, or uh, I'm sorry, of the equation. But moreover that you can't get there if you don't have um, a, a very, a very determined mindset. And so those things run tantamount with one another, fitness and mindset, being your best in fitness, you have to have a strong mind. So that was the, that was the driving impetus behind doing the podcast, because I think that more people need to understand what they, what they could be and maybe, and maybe reveal certain elements of them that didn't know existed. And that's what happened with me. So it was really a, an authentic impetus behind it, but nonetheless, something that I think that more people need to wrap their mind around if they want to be their best, not only with relationships, but with business and in general for, for their, for just their entire being. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of the, that's, I could go off, but that's, that's, that's probably the short end of the, of the, of the equation. We'll go off then. Yeah. Well, sure. Let's let's let, let, let's kick right into it too. There's something else I I think it's really cool about your podcast because I looked on the site there. You have like a box where people can send you questions. So you have like an open question format there. Right. So it's almost like a kind of like Socratic method being used. Um. So it 
I just thought, I kind of thought that was really cool there. Cause a lot of people just, you know, they kind of start a podcast and you just kind of, they, they give out what they want to give out and whoever picks up on it, picks up on it. But then you sort of like directly engage the public, right? Yeah. And sometimes I do Q and A's on the podcast where people will mm -hmm. ask me questions and then I'll do a whole podcast just designed around their questions and answering the questions. And I just feel fortunate to be able to reach out or I'm sorry, to, for people to be able to reach out to me from all different areas of the world and be able to ask me questions and me interact with them. And, and I, I haven't done that in quite a while. So you kind of reminded me of maybe doing that again, but <laughs> that, that's been something that I've enjoyed. I like answering questions. I like interacting with people in general. I mean, it's the reason why I'm a trainer. It's the reason why um, it's the reason it's the only thing that really keeps me engaged in life is being a, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, but at the same time, I'm very extroverted. People fill me up and, and, at this, and sometimes, look, trust me, sometimes I don't want to be around people at all. I just want to be alone. I want to be in my house. I don't want to do shit. I don't want to interact with I feel anybody. that. <laughs> right. But, but more often than not, it never fails when, let's say I'm having a really bad day and I go, to the, I go train and someone comes up to me and they ask me a, a real genuine question about fitness. It's like every light in my head, just everything turns on. It's just like an arena. And I just, I, I, I receive that energy and I love it. And I think I'm humbled because they come up to me and they ask me. And then also mm -hmm. I'm able to dispense with something that I have a massive skill set in, but something that nonetheless I've been able to refine in terms of the skill set for years and years and years. I mean, I've been training for almost the better part of two decades. So that's something that because that's such a massive component of who I am, it's easy for me to with it's easy for me to withdraw that and give it to others. And I actually feel the reciprocity effect when I do that. So that is when I'm in the flow state. That's when I'm at my best, even if I'm at a less than or desirable state before they interact with me, like they have the ability to bring me up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason yeah. I think that's the reason why I do the podcast so frequently. And I never failed for the last five years, two episodes a week, even if I'm having, I mean, Sean, I mean, there's been multiple times in the week where I'm not having a good week, multiple days. I'm not having a good week, multiple times. I don't want to do the podcast, but I still have this urgency and need to do it. So mm -hmm. it's something that, and I think it's because it's, it's correlating around people as well. And I know that what the possible effect could be is, is something that I, I yearn to give people, which could be possibly changing their outlook on life, changing their perspective, giving them a new ignition to do something more with their life. No, I, I understand that completely. Um, and I have the kind of the same sort of feel towards this podcast too, is like, um, there are days where I just like, I know I have to meet with somebody and I'm just like, I don't really feel like doing a podcast. I don't feel like sitting for an hour and talking to somebody, even though, you know, I, I may have invited them on. I'm just kind of like in that, in that sort of mood right now, but I, um, it's, you know, it's just, it's very identifiable, but you know, you're right. It comes back to the, it's the discipline involved in doing something like this. It's discipline involved in doing something that you don't really want to do, but you know, you need to, if nothing else, then for, uh, cause you know, you have a responsibility to show up and right. to, and to do what you got to do. Um, but, you know, life happens and sometimes you really can't. Something happens and you really got to duck out. Um, I get that. Right. And, um, but, and also, too, on the introverted um, 
being introverted, so am I. And here I am, been running this podcast for a year and a half, more than a year and a half. Um, and you know, you a, a conventional wisdom tells you that like, introverted people don't do that; they just kind of huddle into a corner and you know, just kind of you know, don't interact. You know, you don't hate people; you just don't really need to feel around them all the time, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is yeah. I don't. I don't. I definitely don't hate people, but I just also want my alone time as well you mm -hmm. know exactly exactly so i the um the psychology like the psychology i sent i guess uh, of performance um which i think uh you're probably going more heavily into than the actual physical uh training part of it especially on your podcast here um the psychology obviously like we just touched on that's probably the biggest thing that people struggle with it's just the uh, the actual act of showing up and doing the work and actually doing it effectively. That's the other thing too. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, uh, well, let me ask this question. Like what is the most frequent question you've got thrown to you in terms uh, that you've had to answer, like at least in multiple ways on your podcast, if there is one. Um, I would say, I would run it back and I would say, I would say that the most frequent question I get asked in, in just in general is how do you stay consistent? How do you mm -hmm. stay consistent with with anything? Because I think more often than not, more people are trying to search for that thing that they find identity in, that they find purpose in, that they feel worth a shit in. And I think that that all comes from, one, trial and error, and two, putting something as a priority in your life. Now, you have to identify something that's worth putting the priority in your life it, or would, worth putting it as a priority in your life. So what does that look like? It's different for everybody. I can't tell you what that looks like. You have to able, you have to be able to seek out things that that you might have a have an affinity for, or maybe just a little bit. But you have to nonetheless. You have to seek out those things and try to search and find what maybe sets you on fire even a little bit. And then you have to follow that all the days through, even if nothing is 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 accruing on the back end. You just have to keep going. You have to keep pressing and maybe find a few things that you like, but at the same time, you can't not do anything with your life, right? You can't not do, you can't just sit and be, you have to, you have to put your foot forward into something. So that's how you accrue discipline and consistency is doing something that you love to do. And Mike Tyson has an awesome quote. He says, doing something that you maybe, what, what, what is it? I'm sorry. Doing something, doing something that you don't want to do, but doing it like you love it or something like that. And look, I mean, we love doing this sort of thing, but there are going to be days where we don't want to do it like you just mentioned. And it's something that like you have to take yourself out of the equation. You know that you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for everybody that's going to hear. And maybe one nugget that is dropped either on your end or that person's end that that mm -hmm. listener can take from and use and apply in their life and make them better. And so we often do things selfishly as human beings. I mean, we only really care about ourselves when you boil this thing down. We need to look at other people instead. And that's hard to fucking do, especially when we don't know those people, we don't interact with those people, but we have to see that there might be somebody else that will benefit from this thing that we're doing, leading by example, either you or I leading by example, or because they catch something that they can attach to 
and they can use in their life. And that's more of a reason for you to acquire discipline and consistency with something. So it's not only on your end that you're benefiting, but it's other people that you're benefiting that you have no idea in regards to that you're benefiting them. So it, these things, these things matter. Obviously, being a human being and doing something that you care about and that you love. Every human being doesn't want to do shit. They want to stay put. They want to be comfortable. They just want to eat Cheetos and pizza and shit. And they want to veg out in front of the TV. That's what our brain tells us to do. We have to go beyond that if we want to be anything. If you want to be anything for our kids, for our spouses, for our friends, for our family, for ourselves. So we have to do things. And so why not do something that you love? And they're going to be, and understand that there are going to be days you don't want to do that thing, but you do it anyways because you know it's working onto the bigger picture. So the idea of being consistent, though, um, which ironically does involve a lot of inconsistency in, in some way, because how should I put this? Like on that trial and error road where you're testing out multiple different things, multiple um, modalities, it may, it kind of looks inconsistent, but it's actually, it involves a lot of um, a lot of a, a bigger, grander design to actually find something bigger than yourself and actually tap into something that's larger than yourself and something actually does give your life meaning. Um, I, you know, I don't know a lot of, you say a lot, you can't just, we can't just like live and just call it a day on that. A lot of people do actually do that. And some people actually look like they're fairly content doing that. Um, I don't know. Is that, is it just kind of like a, maybe, maybe they're just kind of sort of brainwashed into something that we don't really, we've kind of moved ourselves away from the people who actually engage in this sort of thing. But, you know, you, you, I guess we're kind of, we're kind of going into a fairly uh, elite level of uh, psychology, I guess, if you want to call it like, like that, where, you know, there's a very small number of the population that really kind of feels this sort of need to really um, jump onto something yeah. or really kind of make themselves into something actually memorable, that something actually is meaningful to other people. I think a lot of people do want that, but then they don't really know where to really start and they don't really know how to keep the ball going. How, let me put more practical terms. I know where you're going with this, and I and I completely. <laughs> there are people out there that are going to listen to this, and they're going to they're going to think exactly what you're thinking. And so let me let me say this for those for those people that aren't, let's say, quote unquote, doing anything that's you know movement worthy in their life. They're still getting up out of bed, going to work, providing for their family, whether it's a mm -hmm. nine to five or whatever. You have to do that unless you live off the fucking grid in a treehouse somewhere in the woods. You're going to have to get up, go to work, provide for your family, provide for you because you have to eat, you have to clothe yourself. So even that is following consistency. You yeah. have to do that. And there, so what's the alternative to that? Lay down and die, right? Don't feed yourself, starve to death, die. That's the alternative. And most people are living right now, right? I mean, yes, we have lots of deaths in the world, but but most people choose to live, like choose to take their next breath of air. So in doing that, they have to do something that keeps that going or else they're just going to obviously, like I just mentioned, starve, die. They have to take care of themselves. So that is... In essence, everybody's following a consistent pursuit of something. 
It may not look as grandiose as others. It may not be big picturesque as others, but it's still following a pursuit of consistency. They just don't understand it that way because they think this is just life. And it is. But the alternative is they could lay down and die. So they are <laughs> consistent in something. Yeah. Not as grandiose as you or I's vision is maybe or somebody else that has these elite visions of being better and, and doing more to serve, etc. You know, but they're still mm -hmm. serving somebody. Everybody's serving somebody, whether it's themselves only themselves in a family or themselves in fam their family and others. They still have a natural proclivity to sell to serve other people and to serve themselves. Right. So maybe the key there is kind of finding something that would be kind of equivalent to like the, like you just said, that ultimatum is like, well, you go to work and you work and you bring home money so you can pay for groceries so you can eat, or you just, you're really just going to die. I mean, those, those are your options here. I mean, I, I don't know, like in, in this country, you know, I don't, maybe it's not that black and white, but in some countries it really is that black and white. You either, you either provide or that's it, because no one else, there's literally no one else that's going to step in for you. So maybe that's kind of the key difference there is to find something that makes it that utterly important. Exactly. Dude, Sean, so no, no one's telling us to stay alive. No right. one's telling us to stay living. We could do whatever we want with our bodies. I mean, anybody could choose to do anything they want. So with that, with that, with that understanding, you can choose to take whichever path in life that you want. Even if it's mm -hmm. as dire as death, and I use the death example, even though it's hyperbole, and it's the most, you know, <laughs> it's the whole, whole opposite end of the spectrum here. That's what people have to realize. You can still choose to not do anything, suffer and die, or mm -hmm. you can choose to do something, suffer for the betterment of yourself, your family, or others. If your vision is more grandiose and you want to reach other people in far parts of the world, so I mean, like. But it is just that simple. You can lay down and die, or you can choose to be consistent with something in your life to make yourself someone that's worth leading from ex by the example of. Or just live to produce for what your family and you need. And that's it. You know what I mean? But we all have that, we all have that consistent component in us. It's just what are we consistent with? What do we place as a priority? Look, even severely fat people are consistent do you know what they're do you know what they're consistent with always getting that fucking meal in they're always eating they're consistent with that they don't need to eat any more than what they don't need to eat 10,000 calories a day when they're already 400 pounds but they still do it what's driving them you can take that same driving component and attach it to something else and be a monster mm -hmm. right so it so I want to touch on something you said earlier, like right at the very uh, top of the discussion here is like you said you, through fitness, you found something in you that you didn't realize you even had. You found a, a very, really tightly wound burning um, passion and, and that involves a lot of very, um, very um, high level amounts of well, discipline for one and desire. Um, you really have to get to get to this point here where you're competitive, especially in something like bodybuilding and natural bodybuilding on top of that. 
um, you really got to have something inside you that is going to help you push through all of that. Now, was there was it was there something like prior to that that made you doubt whether you ever had anything like that inside you? Absolutely, man. And I remember the exact time where I where I thought to myself, I, I begged the question to myself. I remember my dad always used to lift weights. I mean, I'd seen him in the mm -hmm. garage bench pressing, you know, dumbbell curling and everything. And I remember one point, I still remember this vision to this day. I remember being at the edge of our driveway. We had a pretty steep driveway and he'd have the garage door open. He'd be working out in the garage. And I remember as a little kid, maybe like nine years old, I was at the bottom of the driveway. And I remember staring up at him working out. And I just remember thinking, how am I ever going to replicate that? That is that is the epitome of a man. And here I am, this little boy. How am I going to, I don't want to do that. That's really big and strong. That's really heavy weight. I don't, I don't know if I can ever lift that. And I want, so essentially what I was trying to do is emulate my father from that age of my life. I, I was getting ready and prepared. Whatever was preparing me, whether it's my, just my DNA, whatever, something's preparing me to, to embark on manhood. And what does it look like? And how am I going to make myself into a man? So I remember looking at him thinking, how am I going to replicate that? Because as a kid, your father's your biggest hero. At least it should, at least I was, I was blessed with a father in my life to where I looked at and thought that's my biggest hero. So when I saw that, I'm just thinking, I got to replicate that, but I don't know how, and I don't know. I can't even imagine looking that kind of way, looking that kind of looking like that, you know, big having that big prowess as a man. And so when I found body now, obviously, fast forward years later down the road, <clears throat> I obviously still had that in the back of my mind. How am I going to become a man? When I when I found lifting. It revealed all these components to me that I never knew I had. So when I reveal mm -hmm. these components. I developed to have a competency in that specific field because I was making the muscle. I was transforming my body. That led to a confidence. So the competence is going to breed confidence. That confidence kept me going and it kept me on repeat every day, not willing to break this streak of getting all my meals and getting my training in, sleeping well, discarding partying, you know, taking away the partying aspect. All these things are what kept me consistent, but it's because I found an attachment of my identity in this sort of thing. It showed me what I was good at. Everything in life that I'd done prior to that, all sports I played, basketball, baseball, I sucked. I was never part of an MVP. I was never in an all-star league ever. And I played for years. So when I found bodybuilding and I found that like, look, this is something that I'm good at actually. I can do this thing and I can do it like, because I'm compare, I'm seeing other people around me drop off. They can't hang with the workouts. They can't hang with the amount of days. And I'm thinking to myself, this is easy for me. It was easy. Like maybe somebody that had a proclivity to play basketball and play it well. It's easy for him to show up to practice, for him to practice long hours and do it every day. For me, this was, that was bodybuilding. When I found that, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I have something, and when I thought I had something that revealed all these components to me, the work ethic, the discipline, the consistency, et cetera, that is what kept me going. 
And then it just culminated into what it is today. I mean, it obviously branched into me comp competing and then that went into me, that became me being a personal trainer, starting a business, etc. <clears throat> but if it wasn't for weightlifting, yeah. I wouldn't be shit. And I mean <laughs> that. I wouldn't be shit. Because I wouldn't be able to identify all these other components mentally that I that I didn't mentally and honestly viscerally too because you do things from a visceral state like you you have this intuition about what it is that you should do or not do your conscience it guides you and this is something that was guiding me it was showing me what I was good at and obviously we want to follow suit with what we're good at we don't want to do the things that we suck at everybody wants to do the things that they're good at because they have more of a competency in those things and that develops more of the confidence aspect, right? So we do mm -hmm. more of that. And so when I found that, it just is it's just something that was a no-brainer. I kept going. And then it's just kind of grew into what it is and materialized what it is today. Well obviously along the way you've had periods like and we all we've all experienced this where we have not seen any results for the longest time. You know, especially when we're starting out here, you know, we all talk about, everyone knows about the noob gains, which is like, you go from doing something from doing absolutely nothing, well, your gains are immediate, just about. I mean, your body has a very visceral reaction to the newfound activity that it doesn't otherwise get. Um, problem is, is, like, once you do that long enough, you know, you've been doing this 20 years, once you do that long enough now, you've set the bar so high that now it's harder and harder to really kind of get to that another that new level here. So, and sometimes that's when like, when you have a, that's when like the psychology really starts to kick in here and it really backfires. And I was like, oh God, I'm trying all this. I'm not seeing any differences at all, especially in like competitive bodybuilding where, you know, differences, slight differences can make all the, all the difference or slight differences can make all the, uh, all the difference in the world in terms of whether you win or lose a competition. I guess I yeah. should just keep saying that. But uh, there, there had to have been times where you hit a rough patch and it's just like, it's very demoralizing. I know it has been for me. <laughs> oh, all the time. I remember, I remember two years into lifting. I remember looking in the mirror and I, this is a, this is a, a snapshot in time that I remember as well. Just like that snapshot I told you about my father, about being mm -hmm. in the driveway. Here's another snapshot I remember in time, me looking in the mirror at my, I was, I had my shirt off. I, and before this, I had never really took, taken inventory of what I was, but at this particular, this particular day, night I did. And I remember looking at myself thinking, I don't even look like I lift. And this is after two years of training. And I remember, right. <laughs> but why did I think that? It's because I'm comparing myself to other people's bodies and the way that they mm. look. And maybe they've been in this thing for like 10, 15 years. And so I'm comparing and I'm coming up short on my end with regards to what stance I'm placing myself at. And I'm like, I don't look like shit. I barely even look like I lift. And by the way, just for context, like I said, this is me trained for two years. Supplementation. When I see supplementation, I mean the creatine, the protein, pre-workouts, the vitamins, and shit like that. Remember, I'm a natural bodybuilder. And then hard training fucking hard training in two years still i didn't really look like i had that much muscle but it's also because it was covered with a layer of fat and so every anybody knows that when you gain muscle you're going to put on some fat okay it's going to come some of us we do little dirty bulks 
And that's that's just an excuse for you to eat kind of, you know, everything under the kitchen sink and get away with it because you're under a dirty bulk. But that's something that I experienced. And I didn't do a dirty bulk, but I didn't do a clean bulk, man. So that's what came along with the process. I got some fat. I didn't look as good. And I'm like, I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, I hate this saying, but you got to go back. I got to go back to the drawing board and I got to do things differently. So Mm -hmm. That's just what I did. I could have, that was a division in the road. I could have taken the, the one road of fuck it. I'm stopping because I don't see any gains. And this is after, I don't see much progress. Like I said, it doesn't even look like I lived after two years or I could just suck it up, do things differently, change my course, but stay on the same path. And that's what most people have to realize. You don't have to change paths entirely you could just change the way you do something the course in that path but stay on the same path and so that's what i did and then things changed and now and then i came into a new level of body transformation let's just call it that that i hadn't seen before and that was a new driving impetus to keep going you can't everything is gonna be shitty almost all the time you have to find the light in the little things that you do that you love to do or else you'll never do anything. And everything that you do will just be nothing because you didn't follow it through the entire way. And that is, that's no way to treat yourself. That's no way to treat other people that might be looking to you as an example or a leader. It's just no way to live. You can't, I mean, you can't, again, going back to the, what we talked about prior, you have the alternative. You can, Choose to lay down and die if you want, not stand for anything, not put your soul and heart into anything, or you can do the opposite. And so that's what fitness is to me. That's why my entire life is oriented around fitness, because it's oriented around the mind, the body, the person, the betterment of that person, the betterment of that person for people around them, for their kin, etc. It all plays a running role. So it takes work to live. It's easy to die. Is that a oh, good way to sum it up? Easiest thing to die, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just to kind of get, give up then. Um, but, okay, so I'm going to ask you about natural bodybuilding. Like you made a point that you are a natural bodybuilder. In other words, you don't take anabolic steroids. You did, you did take supplementation, but supplementation I don't think really qualifies. Um, so why go natural? Because, so... For everybody listening that might not be natural, because I know there are people that are not going to be natural, and I'm sure you know people that are not natural, etc. Mm-hmm. Whatever you choose to do with your body is your own prerogative. Man. My stance on it is moral. I'm also somebody who's never done drugs. I've never drank. I've never done any of that sort of thing. So I've never, when I say, when I refer back to the days of I had to dismiss partying, and get, you know, and get in a body. But when I say party, I mean like going out to the fucking club and hanging out yeah. and socializing, going out to parties with my friends. But I never actually partied. I don't, I never partaked in any of that sort of, ex, those extracurricular uh, aspects of partying, like drugs or drinking. So it was easy for me to follow the same suit when I went into bodybuilding. Also, that, that moral compass is really what guided me. Now, to me, I think to myself, if anybody does any pharmacological substance 
Like they, if they ingest or inject any pharmacological substance in their body, aside from like, you know, we're talking about like the Tylenol, Advil, caffeine, shit like that. Okay. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And I really mean that. I, again, I'm not trying to play, uh, I'm not trying to chastise anybody who does this sort of thing. It's your own, it's your own prerogative. But I will say that if you do this, you're cheating because your body on its own natural accord cannot produce that kind of strength, cannot produce that kind of muscularity. It is you cheating. And so human beings should be only able to do what they're able to do, period, on their own accord based on how they derive, how they, how they direct themselves with their mind, with how they, with whatever they can produce naturally. Anything exogenous outside of that is you cheating because it's analogous to me. Look, if somebody, if somebody puts on 15 pounds of muscle in a couple of months and they, their squat goes up by 200 pounds, did they do that? Obviously they put in the work. That's a fucking common denominator with all of us. We all do that. That's a prereq to gain any kind of sufficient muscle or strength. So duh, everybody puts in the work, but that's analogous to me getting under the squat rack, having a large bungee cord attached to the ceiling wrapped around the bar and I going down in the squat and then that bungee cord helping me go back up. Did I do that because the bar is on my back or did the bungee cord help me? So that's that's the way that I see it. The bungee cord is acting as your, the steroids are analogous to the bungee cord. Like you didn't do that. That's not you. And how can Mm -hmm. you have pride in that? How can you take pride in developing a body that you didn't fucking make? I mean, obviously you did the work. We all do the fucking work. All of us. But I can argue that when you have a pharmacologically enhanced brain and Neural and, and well, neural structures of the brain and physiology, you're far more adept at building muscle at a far more rapid rate than anybody like me is. So, just because you were injecting and ingesting, does that mean that you deserve a higher rank? Nobody should be doing this shit, dude. That's my stance on it. Nobody. It's physiologically harming, it's psychologically harming. And there's no fucking pride in it because at the end of the day, you didn't do it. How can you take pride in something you didn't fucking do when you had aid with? So I'm all about having pride in your work. And if it takes you the longer route, fuck it. It's going to be more worth it. And you're going to have more of a pride or prideful sense about what you did in the process. Even though if we're talking about the illustration of bodybuilding, you may not be the biggest. You may not be the strongest. You may not be the most muscular, but you did it. You did it. No one Mm -hmm. helped you. This is all on you. And that's something to lay your head down at night with pride with. Yeah, I think uh, the the very fact that bodybuilding is so intensely um, competitive in the first place is probably um, what what drives us. Because we, I think a lot of us really know everything that you've just said we understand it and i totally agree i've commented on this before especially with the body count that has been racked up in the last few years of these guys before they're even 50 years old 
just dying, like suddenly collapsing of cardiac arrest. And yet still, this, um, this way of living prevails. Like, we still have these dudes out there. They're still doing this. You know, they just kind of accept it as the, as, you know, the run, the, as part of the game. It's the risk you run. You know, you know I'm willing to take the risk is what, what, what was it? Rich Piana said. He's like, yeah, I use, I use steroids all the time. I'm willing to accept the risk. And the risk came back, right? right. So, you know, I don't know. He lived his truth, I suppose. But I don't know. In some ways, I kind of think, like, because of the competition involved, and I don't want to make this into a whole podcast of bodybuilding, but because of the competition involved, it's probably what has doomed it so much. And even to the point now where you even have icons of the industry, like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, this is ridiculous. You know, these guys should not be dying like this. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> My, I'm very prejudiced. Okay. So I'm very prejudiced with the use of anabolics of any sort. I'm very prejudiced against people competing and I don't care even if it's the high ranks like the Olympia. None of this shit should have ever been started, man. None, we should go back to the, we should have never introduced steroids into the market in the 50s or 60s or whenever they came about. It should have never happened. Everybody that's on stage, I don't care if you're fucking Ronnie Coleman. I don't care if you're the top Olympian right now. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't fucking be doing them. What are you doing? This is something that should have never, in, we should have never encountered, we should have, that should have never been introduced into the, into the professional world of bodybuilding. It should have only been what you can do on your natural accord. This is mm. kind of taking away what it means to be a bodybuilder. 80% of bodybuilding is mindset. 80% is your drive and your discipline and your determination. 80% of it, dude, 20% is the lifting and the nutrition. You don't make it to the gym if you don't have a driven mindset. You don't make it to the kitchen and eat good food if you don't have a driven mindset. It's probably more than 80% mindset. People don't understand this. They think it's just lifting and eating. It's not that. You have to have a determined mindset to even eat right. You have to have a determined mindset to even get to the gym and then train your ass off and do that repetitively day in and day out. So... That should be the hallmark of what bodybuilding is. That we should be propping that up, not propping up. Oh, this guy looks like a fucking freak on stage. But, but <laughs> yeah. all is, but listen, the one thing that pays the bills is the circus. The circus, mm -hmm. the free show pays the bills. That's what brings people to the audience. If we didn't have that, just look, dude. Let's be honest. People, the natural level, they're not impressive. They're not impressive. We see them on stage. Yeah, they're shredded, but they're not impressive because they can't be because the human body can't fucking gain that much muscle and look that freakish. But maybe they would be impressive if we didn't juxtapose them to the fucking mass monsters on the Olympia stage. All that is just that's that is an illusion of what could be. It's, it's, it's nothing more. To, when I look at that, when I look at those guys that are mass monsters, I don't think hard work any more than me. I don't think determination any more than me. All I think is drugs. I think you're a druggie. That's what I think. I look at them and I think you're, you're a druggie. Because without those drugs, you still have good shape, but you wouldn't be 280 pounds. So I don't understand why people glorify that. 
You should glorify what takes people to that level. And then that's it, which is the mindset, which is the consistency, which is that fact that you can look to that person and lead by their example. Why would you want to lead by the example of somebody who's ingesting and injecting drugs and going to die at an early age as a result and has probably heart complications that you don't understand? These things are very, very pertinent to understand, to, to, to take note of because they're what, they're what derail people in their, in their logical thought process. When they see these guys, they just see them for, you know, what they look like right now, but you don't understand the ramifications that are going to incur down the road and what they probably are already are incurring from their, from their drug usage in the, I just, I'm getting off the beam path here, but I just want to land on this. You shouldn't be doing something that you can't do on your own. You're cheating. You would yeah. never say to your son or daughter, oh, son or daughter, that they would never come to you and say, daddy, I have done everything I can do in this, in this, in this, for this job. This, I can't do anything more. I'm just, I want to get higher in the ranks, but I just, I can't, I've gone as far as I can come. You would never look at them dead in the eye and say, okay, well then cheat then. Just cheat. You've taken it to the limit. You've taken it to what you can do naturally, what you can do on your own. Well, just by any means necessary then now, cheat. Just cheat. It's fine. You would never give that advice to your son or daughter. That's horrific advice. You would say, keep being your best. Keep doing what you can do. That's it. There is pride in that. There is zero pride in you cheating. There shouldn't be at least. And again, I go back to the, my first preface. If this is your prerogative, fine. Just know that you're taking the route that should not be respected, in my opinion. That's my humble opinion. And I've always thought that way. Because being a natural bodybuilder and trying to take your body to the ends of the earth naturally is a far more, I don't know what I would call it, it is extremely arduous extremely over the guy that has the fucking aid. That's why I'm prejudiced because you're not like me, dude. You're not. If you were, you would never cheat. Even if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, like the Chris Bumsteads or the Ronnie Coleman's or the Nick Walker's, let them be doing what they want to do, man. Who cares? Why are you playing onto that frame? Just do what you can do and have pride in that. And whatever it is, whatever it is, if God didn't bless you with elite level genetics, he didn't. But take those genetics to the ends of the earth. There's pride in that. Exactly right. So, you know, the uh, bottom line here and the good lesson is, is that you, you may not become everything you actually dreamed of. Like, you know, you might not become that muscle marvel that you always envisioned yourself being. Um, I know genetically, well, I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's not in the cards for me, and that's fine. But there is, uh, you can always improve. Anyone can improve. Anyone can get better from wherever they are. I really like that. Yes, I really like that. Yeah, so strive for, strive for improvement, not perfection. Um, all right, so Justin, uh, this, uh, the word bulletproof. Now, we, we hear that a lot in fitness spaces, and um, I think it probably has different connotations for everybody. Um, 
What do you mean? What do you mean by bulletproof? Let's just hear it directly from you. Hardened, calloused. Have a hardened, calloused mind. So the hardened, only, calloused mind. The only the only way that that comes about is you is facing adversity, and adversity could look like many different things. It could look like death in the family. Could look like poverty. It could look like you not meeting a PR. All these things are adversity. Well, you got to come against the adversity, right? So the only way to do that is to keep going. I know this is. I know this is profound advice to people. They've never heard this before. They've never heard keep going, but it <laughs> right. is that. you just have to keep going and you have to find something that's worth going for. And most people never find that because most people are never willing to try and fail, but you have to be willing to try and fail and understand that that might be the ramifications of you trying, but that you only have to fucking find one thing that works. When you find that one thing that works, you're off to the races. It changes the entire trajectory of your life, right? So that's worth having, uh, that's worth developing the mindset for. But even if that never comes, you still should be coming, you, should, you still should be able to come against adversity because that just makes you a better human being in general. You're now more of a pillar of strength for other people that need to rely on somebody for, or to need that need to uh, fall back on somebody. You can be a pillar of strength for someone else if you come against adversity and you become more callous and hardened to the shit that life throws at you. Because life will throw everything at you. And sometimes it just throws little pebbles. Other times it throws huge stones. I mean, you have to be willing to take those stones, take those shots. And those shots, again, they come differently. Sometimes they come in the form of loss, in the form of extreme poverty, or they come in the form of like, you just didn't get to where you wanted with your goal weight. Or you maybe have just had an argument with your girl, or maybe you just had a falling out with your best friend. Or maybe your car crapped out on you. Or maybe you got an accident, you can't pay for the, for the accident. You know, I don't know. Like, Whatever the case, these things you have to look at from a different perspective of they're not happening to you. They're happening for you. And again, I know this is profound advice and nobody's ever heard this before, but it applies. You have to be willing to understand that life is about shots more than it is opportunity. But the more shots you take, the more chances at opportunity you get. Uh, helps you come, what helps you come around? Um, come back around and keep you grounded and keep you coming back to this uh, this idea of being bulletproofed when you've had setbacks in your own way, like either big or small. I just can't absolve myself of the things that make me who I am and make me a better person. And that one of the key things that makes me a better person is training. Mm -hmm. It's not just exercising, although that makes that makes a, a massive amount of people better, but it's training. When I go and I work out and I train, I train that muscle, those sets of muscles for the day. That training is cultivating a better Justin. Everything, and I hate to speak about myself as a third person, but it is the truth. It's making a better version. Every single day that I throw that day, that workout into the archive of days that I've trained, I'm now better as a result. Even if it was a shitty workout, it's not that shitty. Because it's a day that I completed that training session and I gave it my everything, man. And so I can toss it in the archive. I'm now better as a result of that. 
And now because I'm better with that, I can be better to other people. I can be better in my, in my, if I can be better in my conversations, I can be better in my thoughts. I can be better. In my, I can be more productive in the ways that I produce all these things. They have a compound effect and they kind of just, they kind of just segue into one another, which is the reason why I keep fitness. I keep my training a mainstay, the podcasting. I keep that because I think that that's helping other people. And I think that if I keep doing that, eventually it's going to call, it's going to, it's going to turn into something. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't. And I think that's the, that's the approach for everybody. Like we do stuff because we think it's going to come, it's going to turn into something. We do stuff because we want to better ourselves. We do stuff because we want to see what we're made of. And so these things help me to keep going. It's a non-negotiable. I train the days that I'm supposed to train, I eat what I'm supposed to eat during the week. It's a non-negotiable. I just do it. It is who I who is who I am, and those are because I've I've imparted these behaviors and these habits that I never miss on every single time, every single day, every single time they arise. I never miss on them, and that continuously produces competency, which then turns into confidence, and that consistently reiterates the fact that, oh, I am this person. I cannot absolve myself of this because that makes me who I am. If you take that away from me, I might as well exile myself to a fucking, to a, to a place on the outside of the woods in a treehouse, And no one ever, no one ever, no one ever know who I am after that. I mean, that's like, that's, you strip me of that. I'm nobody. And so that's why I, I can't give up on that. It's just something that I'll do forever. It, at, at some level, I'll do it for, I'll do fitness forever. I'll, I'll, at some level, I'll speak to people like this forever. It's what, it's what makes me anybody. I'm nobody without it. it let, I mean, I'm offset nobody. My family make me somebody, my, my, you know, what I attach my love to makes me somebody, but also these things are what are the propelling driving force into becoming more of what God has placed in me. This is something that's innate. It's not something that I try for. It's just who I am. But I've come to identify that through the realm of fitness. That's showed me and revealed to me that this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed, at least it's a large component of what I'm supposed to do in my life and it's who I am in my life. So I can't absolve myself of that. If you strip me of that, then like I said, I'm good for nothing. You might as well put me in the coffin. So uh, part of uh, part of the whole fitness game and life itself actually is taking moments to self-reflect and actually to take assessments, real honest assessments of yourself. And probably not enough people really do that, or at least when they do do it, they're not being totally honest with themselves, not being stripping themselves completely bare. Um, so I guess the question is like, how do you really find the balance between being very, being very ambitious, being very desirous of your goals, whatever they are, and not getting so lost in say, just the, uh, I guess you want, you want to call it not the fantasy of it, I suppose, just, you know, the not getting too lost in the desire that you actually lose ground and you lose footing. Like, how do you really walk that tightrope here? Because it's kind of a, it's a real, it's a real tricky thing to do. 
So what are you asking me exactly? So I'm asking like, how do you, how do you really not get so carried away in your own vision that you can't really see yourself in an honest light? You have to get carried away. You, you just have to get carried away. You have to go into something with everything that you are, even with the understanding that you might fail at it. And you have to be willing to do that because that is bravery. That's courage. That's, that's having courage into, and putting courage into something. And what, who are you as a person if you're not courageous? Who are you as a person if you don't take risks? You have to do that. So you, you have to be willing to understand that this may fall flat on its face. I may fall flat on my face, but at least I'm going to take the risk because if I don't, I don't know what the result is going to be. And that is something that you'll question for the rest of your life. You'll have a, you'll have a regret for, and then that regret will turn into resentment for yourself. And that's not something that you should be willing to adopt. Never resentment for yourself. So the worst thing that can happen is you, you don't do well, but that's most things in your life. You don't do well at like 90% of the shit that we do in life. We don't do that well. We don't do at the elite level. We don't do as professionals, but you find that 10% that you do elitely. You find that 10% that you can sink your teeth into every single day that you can get up for and that you would do for free every day, in fact. And you do that. Even with the understanding that you may fail in the attempt of doing that. But is it really a failure? If it's something that fulfills you, if it's something that brings you joy and and consistent fulfillment at the visceral level and the psychological level, is it really a failure or a loss? It's maybe a letdown at best if it doesn't work out, but it's never a failure. It's never a loss because it's going to identify components to you that you didn't think you that existed throughout the process. It's going to reveal things about you that are sort of analogous to a, 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 a mushroom trip. You know what I mean? Like you're going to find out, you're going to find out ways about you that you didn't know existed. And it will almost be in, in, in perspective and kind of in, in hindsight, a psychedelic journey. Cause you'll find out things about you that you didn't know existed. And that will help you to navigate your path for the onwards for the future rather. So I don't think there should be a delineation between what, what you should, you know, like trying to save yourself, in, in other words. Like you shouldn't be trying to save yourself. You should be willing to be courageous with something that you derive passion for and purpose in. That's really what it is. That's really what it means to be a human. You have to be courageous. You have to do things that reveal to you who you are. And also in the in the in the in in the advent of doing those things, you might actually lead other people to the promised land as well. You might be saving their lives. You might be imparting something to them that they never would have understood otherwise if it weren't for your courageous efforts. And that's a meaningful existence. So you got the podcast, you got your own uh, gym in, in, uh, in California where you live. So what's next on you? What's next on your agenda? What are you looking forward to in the future? Well, um, I'm working in the process of, of building a consultation business. So okay. as you know, I've been in the training field for almost two decades now. So 
um, me and my significant other, we're working on a uh, consulting that's going to be geared towards one, the individual, but two, the, also the gym. So essentially it'll be two different avenues. One will be a mentorship for mm-hmm. trainers. And then the other one will be a consulting practice for gyms and the training staff at the gym. So I'll go in there and essentially make trainers better trainers by giving them a workshop for a couple of days. Uh, or if we can jam in the, the hours to, to a day. Uh, we haven't actually figured out the logistics here. That's what we're combing through right now at the moment. But that and then also the elite, the trainer mentorship program will be more working on the trainer individually and allowing them to be, uh, well, not allowing, but I guess coaching and teaching that trainer to be more of an elite trainer with all aspects that indulge around the, the, the avenue of training. So the psychological aspect, obviously the physical aspect, the educational aspect, but moreover that. I would say the, the one the one main component is going to be a psychological aspect because how you retain clients is going to be how you uh, is really going to be how your ability to build rapport, your ability to uh, distribute these likable traits. And you may you may have a likable traits, you may not. It might be it's going to be my job to identify these things and bring those things out and give you actual real systems to improve on these things and be able to retain your clients and be able to come a better trainer essentially. So that those are the things I'm working on right now. That's the, that's the next, I would say maybe next year or so, uh, things that we're going to focus on in the future. But apart from that, everything else is still the same. My gym is still the same. Um, uh, the podcast is still the same. I mean, those, those things are going to be mainstays. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Justin, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where the guest gives the final word to the audience and to me. So um, if you could leave people with one thing to remember and one thing only, what would you say it would be? I would say it's, it's going to be, it's going to run parallel to what I just talked about with being courageous. I think that, I think that most, most people have to get over themselves and they have to do something that they find purpose and meaning in. And that's going to take being courageous. That's going to take a risk component attached to it. I think that when you do that and nobody can, you know, people can lead you to the edge of the cliff, but no one's going to push you off the jump. I think that people have to push themselves off the cliff. I think that they have to be able to want to assume the risk that maybe those waters are shallow. Maybe they're deep, but I'm going to see what it is. I'm going to jump myself and I'm going to see if these waters are shallow or deep here. And I think that when they do that, that they get over this fear of becoming, because I think most people have a fear of becoming and they don't really think that they're worth becoming anything. And that's the reason why they never jump in the first place. But I think that, and, and you know, when a person pushes you, that's just them doing the job that you should be doing in the first place. You should be pushing yourself. And I think that more people have it in them to push themselves they just don't have any reason to push for. There's got to be a reason why you push. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's the people that you hope to inspire. But there should be a driving impetus behind your push. And I think that when you push yourself off into, off that cliff, rather, you find out if the waters are deep or shallow. And more often than not, they're fucking deep. 
and you have time to, you have this area to swim where you didn't think you did because you thought that maybe the, you were going to hit an embankment or you thought that the waters were just three inches high off the, off the, off the floor. I think that when you do that, you reveal things about yourself that you didn't know existed. And those things are confidence carriers for your future. So you need to be courageous. You need to be willing to take risks. That's the only way you find out if you're worth a shit. And that's the only way you find more meaning to your life. Well said. Justin Groth, thank you for coming on. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. I, and thank, thank you to everyone who has listened and everyone who ever will listen. This is Fitness Reborn. I'll see you next time. Until then, as always, train hard. Peace out. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you walk away with something useful from the episode. Don't forget that you can subscribe to my publishing platform called Samo Libs. It's the same platform I upload all my episodes and I write my articles and my blogs and wherever else comes to mind I think is worth sharing with the world. The link is featured at the bottom of the show notes of every episode. By subscribing, you are becoming one of the very first that gets alerted whenever a new episode or a new uh, blog or a new contribution piece becomes available on the platform. You can also follow the show, Fitness Reborn with Sean, by clicking the follow button on either Apple or Spotify or whatever your preferred streaming platform happens to be. I want you to know that your listenership, your viewership, and your continued support and your well-being mean the very world to me. Thank you so much. I hope to see you next time. Take care.